Welcome to Kingdom News, where you'll hear how God is influencing our region locally and globally. See how the Bible is relevant to today's news and learn how you can be involved with local faith events. Now here's your host, Tony Bosserman. And greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ. As I've said the last couple of days, this is the last final week of Kingdom News. Three more broadcasts. More details at the end of the program. Getting right to the news, Senate Judiciary Committee Chair Chuck Grassley, he's a Republican from Iowa, said today that uh, he hoped to have Judge Neil Gorsuch sworn in on the Supreme Court by the middle of April after Trump said that he would urge Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to go nuclear if his Supreme Court nominee is held up. And, of course, going nuclear is Washington code for changing Senate rules to allow a nominee to win confirmation with a slim majority, without first having to get 60 votes. So doing so could have lasting effects, of course, on the consideration of future nominees, not just Gorsuch. So Senator Senator, uh, Majority Leader McConnell says, I would guess that we ought to be able to have this on the Senate floor the first week of April. And the threat comes as Democrat lawmakers give conflicting signals over how far they might go to fight Trump's nominee. Some are urging their colleagues to give the justice a chance and not attempt to block him. In fact, there are seven Democrats that have said that. And, of course, President Donald Trump's nominee to succeed Justin and Antonin Scalia on the Supreme Court was confirmed way back when by the Senate to his seat on the 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals without a single dissenting vote. That's right, and that's the hypocrisy among the Democrats. So here's a list of the Democrats who supported Gorsuch's confirmation to the 10th U.S. Circuit Court. They included then uh, Senator Barack Obama, Vice President Joe Biden, who was a senator at the time, former Senator Harry Reid, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Senate Minority Whip Dick Durbin, Senator Dianne Feinstein, who said that in, you know unless uh, that if you breathe, if you eat, if you are a walking, talking human being, you should be against this nominee, and yet she voted for his confirmation, along with some other names that you'll recognize: Senator Patty Murray from Washington State and Senator Bill Nelson. So that's the hypocrisy, and seven reasonable Democrats are saying that Neil Gorsuch, as the president's nominee, at least deserves hearings and an up-and-down vote concerning his confirmation. So this approach, of course, is more in line with what your Bible says in Proverbs 18.13. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is a folly and shame to him. And, of course, we've all been guilty of that in conversation, uh, with a husband, a wife, a friend, a brother or sister in Christ, answering a matter before we've even heard it because we've made up our mind or we have bias that we're bringing to the conversation or the topic. And in this case, the bias among Democrats is they don't want to see another conservative on the courts. They wanted, of course, a liberal and so now that uh, you know the Republicans control the House and the Senate, and of course it is the Senate that confirms 
uh, the Supreme Court justices, according to our Constitution. Well, they're angry. They're upset. They don't know what to do. And yet they confirmed this individual to the 10th U.S. Circuit Court uh, several years back. Now, your Bible says that God hates hypocrisy. Remember, Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You know, he called them hypocrites about a dozen times in Matthew chapter 23. And in this statement in Job, it says, Do you not know this of old, since man was placed on the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short and the joy of the hypocrite is but for a moment? So we don't want to go that way. We don't want to say one thing or do one thing and then deny it again later as these Democrats are doing. And we have yet to hear from former President Obama. But again, as senator, he voted to confirm this 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals judge, Neil Gorsuch. Well, Evangelist Franklin Graham says he supports President Donald Trump's executive order temporarily barring refugees from seven countries, saying it's the responsibility of the church, not the government, to come to the aid of refugees. So he said this, quote, the priority of the president of the United States is protecting the Constitution and the safety of Americans. That's exactly what President Trump is trying to do. And he said that in a Facebook post. And not only does Graham think so-called extreme vetting of refugees from seven countries makes sense, he thinks the policy should be extended to all countries. He said, quote, we have to be sure that the philosophies of those entering our country are compatible with our Constitution. He said, if a person does not agree with our principles of freedom, democracy, and liberty, which we cherish, they should not be allowed to come. Without question, Sharia law is not compatible, he wrote. So Graham said the policy by no means relieves Christians from the God-given duty to aid refugees. And of course, once refugees get here and you know are trying to acclimate to our country, uh, we've of course interviewed uh, several different ministries right here in the Sacramento area that help refugees to acclimate and to get started and grounded. And so, you know, these are things that we should do. But it is the president's job to, of course, defend, to provide for the common defense. So the president's job, says Franklin Graham, is not the same as the job of the church. As Christians, we are clearly taught in the Bible to care for the poor and the oppressed. And, of course, the government has taken over the whole practice of welfare and spent trillions of dollars doing what the church did back in the early 1900s for a fraction of the cost. So Franklin says, as Christians, we're commanded to help all regardless of religious background or ethnicity, like the good Samaritan that Jesus shared about in the Bible. Our job is to show God's love and compassion. Graham says he supports safe zones in Syria and Iraq that are protected by the international community until a political solution is found. And, of course, you've heard me advocate for that over the last couple of years. This is what the nation of Turkey has been advocating for, and it looks like they might find a partner in President Donald Trump. 
So Graham says Christians should help provide for and manage those refugee camps over there. And since 2014, Operation Blessing International, an arm of the uh, CBN network, has been in the war-torn areas of the Middle East, supplying fresh food, bedding, diapers, and other necessities to refugees who were forced to flee their homes on a moment's notice. So you might want to help Operation Blessing International. You can do that by going to CBN.com. And Saudi Arabia's King Salman, in a telephone call on Sunday with President Trump, agreed to support safe zones in Syria and Yemen. This from a White House statement. And in an interview with CBN News, President Trump told CBN News chief political correspondent Dave Brody that Christian refugees fleeing from the Middle East to America should take priority. President said they've been horribly treated. And listen to this. Of the 12,587 Syrian refugees admitted under the ramped-up refugee program during the last fiscal year of the Obama administration, only half a percent were Christians. Yet by State Department estimates, Christians accounted for up to 10% of Syria's population. So shouldn't they, Christians, have been 10% of the refugees brought into the United States? Well, many think so. And again, when we're talking about refugees, remember what has happened in Germany and, of course, other European states, as well as what's happened right here in America. Seven men have been sent to prison for burglarizing German churches. That's right, that happened this week, and it's uh, what they planned on doing with the money that's really raising alarms. They were actually funding Islamic extremists in Syria by burglarizing German churches. These men, ages 24 to 37 years old, broke into five church buildings and robbed them. The men faced three to four years in prison, and an eighth man, in this case, uh, was sentenced to two years and seven months for serious bodily harm in the process. So five of these men are German citizens, while two others were from Tunisia, and another is from Morocco. So the German citizens went bad. And, of course, your Bible warns against this. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Evil company corrupts good habits. And so these people become, you know, refugees in these countries and corrupt individuals from that country to get involved with their plans. Paul warned in 1 Corinthians 5.6, A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And, of course, this is what people are afraid of, that uh, these bad characters are going to leaven, you know, others to get involved and to stand with ISIS and other uh, Islamic militant groups to do countries harm. Well, we're going to take a break here now. And when I come back, I will speak with Clayton Butler. He's with Agape International Missions. He's the Cambodia Country Director. And we're going to talk about not only human trafficking, what they're doing to battle it, but did you know that today is National Freedom Day? Where does that come from? We'll talk about that next on Kingdom News.
And welcome back to Kingdom News. And as I said before the break, today is National Freedom Day, and it commemorates February 1st, 1865, when Abraham Lincoln, who was the nation's president at the time, signed a joint resolution that proposed the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution outlined slavery. And on June 30th, 1948, President Harry Truman signed the bill to proclaim this day, February 1st, as the first official National Freedom Day in the United States. So it's fitting that we're speaking tonight with Clayton Butler. He's with Agape International Missions. He's the Cambodia Country Director. And he's served in Cambodia for 27 years, fighting human trafficking since 2005. Welcome, Clayton. Hey, nice to be here. Yeah, so give our audience an idea, an overview of just how big this problem is. Uh, you know, some people might think it's uh, hyped or, you know, overblown, but uh, give us the picture. Yeah, you know, uh, we work in Cambodia and we've been able to consult and work with other groups around the world. And I found that anywhere that there is a vulnerable population, specifically orphans and um, foster kids, that they're uh, unfortunately, is someone willing to exploit and take advantage of them. And uh, because of this, the issue of sex trafficking and the exploitation of children is really a global problem. And the church mandate to care for orphans and widows, you know, it, it falls on us to really care for those uh, that are being exploited around the world. Yeah, Cambodia, of course, is unfortunately one of the big capitals of human trafficking Talk about what's going on in Cambodia right now. Yeah, we chose Cambodia because um, around 2005, it was the most egregious place for this issue of sex trafficking. And the the government was just really getting on its feet as far as social services. So there, there was no real programs or services for kids. And so we decided this is a perfect opportunity for the church to be a light, for Christians to be a light in this issue. And we decided to say... Um, if Cambodia is the worst place in the world, we believe that God could transform it, uh, transform this issue, uh, and that it be an example. And although we're in the middle of that story, uh, God has uh, been doing miracle after miracle. AIM has been working for 27 years uh, in Cambodia, and I've been working in the anti-trafficking field with AIM for nine years. And what I've seen happen as far as the hope and restoration and progress. You know, a lot of people say, how could you do this work? It's so depressing. But what I come back with is saying, God has done such miracles in this that I'm actually very encouraged in this work. So although Cambodia was one of the worst places in the world, we're seeing a lot of progress in our work on the ground. Amen. We're speaking with Clayton Butler of Agape International Missions. Give our audience an idea of some specifics in your approach to fighting trafficking. What do you do on a daily basis? Yeah, so we took a holistic approach. We've got 12 different programs on the ground, and so some of them are preventative. Meaning you wouldn't be surprised to know that we decided the church should be the greatest preventative effort. So we planted churches on red-light districts. We've gone to some of the toughest communities and sent uh, pastors into those communities. We planted churches, uh, uh, schools. Uh, we even started a kickboxing gym, an outreach gym for gang members, drug dealers, and traffickers that we might be able to reach them with the love of God. So we have a lot of preventative programs. We have rescue programs. So we actually have a law enforcement division that works with the Cambodian government. 
And man, uh, for the last two years, uh, they've just had great success. And, and this year alone, there's been um, in 2016, there was 213 rescues uh, done with this law enforcement division. It's just been wonderful. Then we have homes after girls are rescued. They can be caught up on education, receive counseling, uh, have spiritual services, uh, social work. And then after that, we have job uh, component, uh, reintegration job component. And sure. Those four things, prevention, rescue, restoration, and reintegration, those things, four things working together have started to make this symbiotic impact where they can holistically make a difference in the country of Cambodia. All right, Clayton, can you put a face maybe uh, to this and tell us a specific story of uh, a life that has been changed? Uh, You know, I think what I'm thinking of most recently is uh, we had a young girl come into a program at the time. My wife and I were running the situation home, and uh, she came as a a broken individual with low self-esteem, and um, God really just got a hold of her heart, and she began to understand her value in God's eyes, even though the culture might have said she's, you know, someone who's broken and beyond repair, but she began to realize her value and her worth. And uh, she and her husband actually decided uh, when they got a little bit older uh, to do a, um, a missionary school. And uh, I think one of the things that gets us most excited is we get to go visit her and her husband. They're both church planters now, and they've planted three churches. And so for us, my wife and I, we go see her, and it's like you think about the first time a broken girl where society would say, man, it'd be amazing if this, this young lady could become just functional in life. But God had bigger dreams than that. Uh, she's a church planter, three churches, five cell groups. And so we go up there. And uh, we were just chatting with her, and she was just praying for us and encouraging us. And in all honesty, her passion for Jesus inspires me. It convicts me. And so when I see that God can do miracles like that, it really keeps me going, and I'm looking forward to that next miracle on the horizon. Amen. So with all the human trafficking going on right here in the United States, why should our listeners support your international-type work? Well, Pray and support wherever God is leading you. But I would say on a practical basis, um, there is leverage you can do with your dollars for us to hire um, an investigator to help shutting down um, uh, brothels in Cambodia. That, that costs us 400 to $500 a month to hire another staff member that's working full-time on that uh, for to hire a counselor that's providing care that's there's three hundred dollars as a salary so there is a leveraging of your money and so i don't want to make it sound like it's just money uh issues but there is a leveraging that you can do for uh, investing in what god is doing in cambodia but i would just say um pray and if you see god working in some place it doesn't have to be cambodia but wherever you see god moving and working and you can support kingdom work on i would encourage you to do that all right we got about 30 seconds tell our listeners on free national freedom day how they can get involved specifically you know i'd say first of all pray second i would say be consistent giver don't just give when your heart is touched with a story but create a lifestyle of giving give on a monthly basis to an organization you believe in and third i would always say always be open to going 
The harvest is plentiful, but workers are few. So always keep your heart soft, saying, God might be calling me to go. And can they give it at org? Absolutely, Agape International Missions. Um, uh, you can check us out on Facebook. Um, but, yeah, if God would lead you, we'd love to have you as a prayer partner and as a giving partner. All right, Clayton, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thank you. And if you'd like to help end human trafficking and sex trafficking specifically, go to agapeinternationalmissions.org and make a contribution. That's agapeinternationalmissions.org. And as I said at the beginning of tonight's show, this is the final week of Kingdom News on KFIA Radio. It has been a great run of six years. I really have enjoyed hosting Kingdom News. And if you'd like to continue to hear the news from the biblical perspective, tune into the Nobody Knows Show on 1380 AM on the dial. It's Sunday evenings from 9 to 11 p.m. You'll get a two-hour look at the week's news from the biblical perspective. And you can call in and ask questions, make comments. And you can go to ktkz.com to listen as well. Don't forget to pray, thy kingdom come.